What's up, everyone? We are back. Tea Time with Robin is back. Episode 24. 24. We are moving. It's, I love it. I love it. What's up, Robin? How are you doing today? I'm just fine. And I am so happy to be here. Happy to see you. You as well. Glad that it's nice in May. We're probably having some good weather like you guys are. So yes. uh, that's always a, a plus plus. And we have a lot to talk about. This is so crazy because we always have a lot to talk about. Doesn't we do. Matter? And we before we get on air, before we go live, we're just talking. I'm like, we got to leave some of this stuff for the live, <laughs> for the episode. So Absolutely. Um, so we're last week we talked about the defensive side of the ball. This week we're going to talk about the opposite side of the off opposite. Off, yeah, offense side of the ball. Tongue twister sometimes. Um, and let's get started. Yes. So I want to ask you: Do you think there's any offensive coordinators that's losing sleep over our defense besides having digs? Do you feel like they're like, oh, they're waking up in the middle of the night? Oh, that Buffalo Bills offense. Oh, my God, what are we going to do? Do you think any offensive, I mean, defensive coordinators losing sleep over our offense this year? I think they better. I do, too. I think they I do, too. Whether or not they are or they aren't is not the same question, but they should be. Right. To be very concerned about our offense because we have as much of a possibility of being a different offense as we do being a different defense with McDermott calling the plays, even with the same OC. Mm -hmm. So, you know, we're going to talk about Ken Dorsey a little bit since we're talking about offense, but yes, we are. I absolutely think that, all opponents of the Buffalo Bills should fear this offense. We will get into some detail, but when when you posed this question to me, the first thing I thought of was like, uh, let's take let's just take a quick look at our offensive line starters potentially today versus last season. Okay, mm -hmm. that's one thing. But the bigger thing that I see, in terms of maybe, you know, I, I hate to say that teams take teams lightly because I don't think that they do. But at the same time, I, I do think there is a big mystery on offense, just like there is on defense. Mm -hmm. And the mm -hmm. reason I say that, I'll be very specific about this, the running game. Okay. I think the running game is going to be different with this offense than it was certainly a year ago and and arguably mm -hmm. was it 2020 when we were running at will on first and second down getting nine yards at a crack because we had an offensive line we yes as i say i'm a bills fan so i feel like i'm part of the 12th man thing but seriously <laughs> the bills the bills have a completely different looking offensive line coming on board. Right. And that's going to change everything in terms of where the focus is going to be. Now, add one more thing to that. 
And that would be the difference in philosophy that McDermott has suggested kind of strongly worded in the past to run the ball more on offense. Mm -hmm. Couple that with Josh Allen's latest meanderings about how he needs to play smarter. Right. I think this portends that we're going to see an offense that looks different than the offense looked before, let alone let's not even get into what Dalton Kincaid can do to our offense. So adding two tight end sets, all of that sort of thing. Our offense, the Buffalo Bills offense, I think is going to look a lot different this season than it did last year under the same offensive coordinator. I agree. But I'm going to give you a little pushback. So I agree with everything that you've said. And I don't, you know, injuries are, are part of the of this of this game. And my only concern is concern is Diggs. Who's behind him? Like, do you think we need to go out? They need to go out and get another um, another offense for this for another another weapon for this offense. Because God forbid, right? God forbid. I don't want to say it, but God forbid. Um, who's going to step up? I don't think. I don't think Gabe Davis is um, one ready. You know. I don't think he's wide receiver one. I mean, I know Josh said they're one, one A, one B. I mean, Josh says a lot of stuff just to, you know, just to, <laughs> you, like you say, Josh likes to please people. He's a he's a, a people pleaser. Um, but I, I, I do see maybe hopefully getting another, and I know they tried to go and get um, D hop and I don't know what that's, where that's going. I don't know if they cut him and he's better off getting him when he's cut. But I, I truly believe I think they need another weapon. They might. That's just my only personal, you know. I, I, what they, do I know? Well, you know what? I think you know quite a bit. <laughs> I do. But here's the thing I'll say about this group of wide receivers. It's also going to look different. And not just because. Gabe Davis isn't going to be wide receiver number two. We don't even we don't even know who's going to be on the other side. Could be Hardy, mm -hmm. Shurfield, Shakir. Mm -hmm. Although Shakir tends to play more in the slot, or that's how they've been using him. Shorter, okay. We don't know what he's going to do on the opposite side of Diggs. Right. So you're right. It's fair to ask those questions. As far as D Hop goes, you know. June 1st, is it? there? I, I think June 1st is a hard date Yeah, that he would be likely to be released. Is, am I right about that? Yes. For June mm -hmm. 1st. So if he's cut outright, mm -hmm. then you have some leverage in terms of renegotiating a contract, et cetera, et cetera. Do we need to do this? Maybe. Maybe. Mm -hmm. Certainly if it, if, if it can be if it can be brought into the fold without knocking down the house of cards down the field in terms of, or down the road in, in terms of the salary cap, excuse me, it's okay. That's got to make sense. You know, it's got to make sense for them to be able to do it, but you're right. There's, there is no 
certainty. It's not like you're looking at this wide receiver core compared to the Dolphins, for example, who are loaded at, at wide receiver. Mm -hmm. We're not going in with that kind of an assurance with right. this defense in this group of wide receivers. But I'm pretty confident that the other pieces that are changing around it are going to sufficiently improve the offense so that the the receiving game is going to be a lot better. I Hopefully got you. Less drops, but that's right. Just right. Me. No. Yeah. For, yes. Please. Less drops. And let's talk about the wide receiver room. We got Diggs. We got um, Davis. We have Shakir, and we're going to speak about Shakir and what um, Peyton Manning has said about him. Um, uh, Sherfield. Hardy, um, and we can throw in Kincaid to that as well, and Dawson Knox, and shorter, um, and shorter. My bad, yes, and shorter. and shorter. So, and when it comes to Shakir, Peyton Manning has high praise for Shakir. Said so he's a perfect receiver. He has um, speeds, hands, incredible route runner, and can um, find the soft spots in the zone. He's a type of player that Josh. Josh Allen needs like a best friend, like the role that um, Beasley played. Mm -hmm. And how much is this offense missing uh, a guy like a Beasley? I mean, they tried to bring him back and it wasn't the same. And, and as fans, we were missing that. And we just thought when Beasley came back in, it would just be the same as before. And it never caught on, never caught it on um so yeah i mean can dalton kincaid dalton kincaid or shakir because if shakir is going to play in that role that they're saying the slot right where does shakir fit in this offense and i know it's only one ball right and i you know and i know people who's much um advanced when it comes to you know, the, the the concepts of, of football or whatever can probably tell me certain things. But for me, it's still just one ball. <laughs> you know, it's yeah. still just one ball. And Diggs is going to, going to expect to have these many touches. Davis, um, uh, who else? Uh, Dawson Knox, um, Hardy. Everybody is going to, you know, want the ball when they want it the running back room. So it's like, it's like, again, it's only one ball. So how do you fit all of these pieces into being a successful offense that's going to run and everybody's going to be happy. And I know it's one mission when the Super Bowl. I understand that. I get it. But incentives plays in this too as well, but um, not to keep rambling on. Oh. So yeah. I mean, how do you feel about all of, all of these wide receivers. Lots of unknowns. That's for sure. I was thinking as you were talking about Shakir and could he play on the outside at all? I don't know. I don't know yeah. that he did, did he, he's not the speediest guy, but I don't think you always have to have speed at that position. We've done well in the past. The Bills have done well in the past having dual threats that singularly weren't, didn't scare you half to death, but together were deadly. 
thinking of like Peerless Price, he he was a good speed demon, but at the same time, he had other skills as well. Mm -hmm. So your question about, about the wide receiver room is legit. You know, the only, like I said, there's only a few teams, I think, that don't have questions about their wide receiver rooms. Right. And so we have to look at it kind of that way. And then, of course, we've danced around this a little bit, but let's let's call let's call it out like we see it in terms of what is Kincaid going to do? Kincaid changes the configuration of what you can do with this offense in so many different ways. Two tight end sets. Does that make them have to bring out an extra linebacker? You know, we talked about those things. It's, mm -hmm. it's a big question mark. I guess that's my bottom line. The, the wide receiver mm -hmm. room is a big question mark, but I still don't, I don't have any, let me put it to you this way. I won't, I won't go crazy if we have to go into the season with this group of wide receivers and not adding anyone. I won't go crazy. Okay. Gotcha. Gotcha. I mean, I'm with you. I'm, I'm with you. You, you. you hear that? I'm, I'm with you uh, with, the, with the question mark. <laughs> what? I'm with you. I know slightly, but, um, but I mean, I, I, I do, I do like the, our wide receiver room. I don't get me wrong. I love the fact that they added speed to this, um, to this room. I like the fact that they are um, wanting to be a physical run game as well. And what adding um, Osiris Torrance, a physical player will help that as well. So I, I like the fact that what they're doing, I love that. Um, they, they, they went out and got some big bodies, some speedsters. So I, I love the fact they're changing it up. It's not just the same. Cause remember we had Smurfs, um, Sean McDermott called them Smurfs. We had all small guys and now we have a bunch of different type of body types as wide receivers this year, which is something that we, we um, weren't used to. And so. maybe, maybe we can turn this. I, I'm always looking for a way to spin things to the positive. This <laughs> my brain, but I'm thinking, okay, I'm looking at, this wide receiver room and thinking, eh, maybe it's not a bad thing that there's a lot of question marks about this wide receiver room because we don't know what to expect, but neither will our opponents know what to expect in terms of how Ken Dorsey plans on using all of these wide receivers that he has. And you're right, especially about what you said in terms of they're not all Smurfs now. Right. Right. And they're not all Kelvin Benjamin. Yeah. You remember that? Oh, God. <laughs> oh, my goodness. That, I'm so happy we have turned the page. I'm so, my God. But you know what is so funny? Kelvin Benjamin was okay in Carolina. He was a baller. And I don't know what happened. I don't know. Listen. We don't have to worry about Kelvin Benjamin no more. We don't have to worry about, oh, what was the guy that uh, tied in? Clay? Charles. Oh, Clay. my God. Charles Clay. We don't have to worry about that anymore. So, yeah, we have been, we have moved on to Dalton Kincaid and, and Diggs. And um, Dalton, Dalton, I mean, 
Knox. So we don't have to worry about any of those players. But I do want talking about two tight end sets. Um, and um, Buffalo Bills uh, content creators, we've been discussing this this two tight end offense this whole off season, and it's we're going to continue to talk about <laughs> two tight end sets and how does Dalton Kincaid fit into this offense? And um, Dawson Knox spoke about it and he was saying to the Buffalo news, how he was excited to potentially have these two tight ends on the field and what Dalton Kincaid can bring to this offense. And we're going to continue to talk about it because listen, I don't know. This is my thing about Dalton Kincaid and being a rookie. And the whole Josh, um, um, Sean McDermott doesn't like to play rookies. And it's a 60-40 or sometimes 70-30, sometimes 50-50 that he will play him, he won't play him. Now, Sean McDermott has played White out the box. When White was a rookie, he started. And um, Kyrie Elam didn't play because the fact that I thought he was ready, but the fact that he came from like you said, a man concept to a zone concept and just needed time to, to mesh. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know if I, I, I believe Don Kincaid will be a, a, a starter because why, like it looks good for him to, you know, be in this offense. What's your thoughts? Completely there. I, I was trying to think when I saw this, when you wrote me about what we were going to talk about and I was thinking about having two tight ends on the field and wondering when was the last time the Buffalo Bills had two really prolific tight ends, let alone one. I can't remember. Maybe some of the old timers can, can help me out, but I can't remember. Two good ones. Yeah. I don't know. Yeah. Two really yeah. good ones. Because we know what Knox can do. And Dalton Kincaid is going to be good. I don't mm-hmm. care what you want to call him. I don't care where you want to put him. The guy is an athlete and he knows how to ball. Mm-hmm. I did find there was a comment this week. I can't remember where I read it. You probably read it too, where they were talking about Josh Allen pushing for Kincaid. I'm yes. in that he wanted Kincaid. Really? I'm not sure. It's I don't know how much scouting that Josh Allen does <laughs> before the draft, but I'm thinking probably not as much as a lot of other scouts do. But I found that comment kind of curious. Just like I mean, if it if it was like um a Tom Brady or Aaron Rodgers or some a quarterback of that status, not saying that Josh isn't, you know, there I'm saying been in the NFL for a long time and can go to the, the GM in the quarterback. I mean, the coaches say, listen, if you're looking for someone, this guy is that, I mean, but taking it in consideration, it's like, well, the quarterback said, I don't know if that happens. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. I, I don't know either. That being said, it will create, question marks about what the bills can do because the bills haven't used two tight end sets for God knows how long. And so the offense just schematically is going to be looking different if you've got two tight ends in. 
And I do believe that that's absolutely right in terms of what it can do to create mismatches. Yeah. You're going to have to bring in a linebacker or you're going to have to, oh, what's a baseline, a base um, linebacker, or you're going to have to bring in a nickel. If, Cause you don't know if they're going to run or if they're going to pass. Yeah. It creates a lot of, yeah. Bring as many nickels as you want. Bring a whole quarter <laughs> full of nickels if that's what you want. I love it. That's what I'm saying. I don't care. The bottom line is this offense is going to look different, different than it has looked in the past. We have to open up our mind to the possibility that the running game may be featured a lot more than it has been in the past. And when we look at some of the additions that we've had, we know Naeem Hines can catch the ball. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. He's got good hands. James Cook has good hands. Latavius Murray and Damian Harris are probably <clears throat> more power oriented, but I, 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 I think either one of them can catch a football. Yeah. The question, oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. I've said this before and I'm going to say it again. Joshua, Patrick Allen. Yeah. You have to practice what you preach. You cannot yes. go out there and think the home run ball is there on first, second, third, and fourth down. You have to give your running game a chance to function and function well. That's also an issue that has plagued the Bills because their offensive line has been terrible at run blocking the last few years. Just. You are segueing into our next topic. I love it. You're doing such a great job. I'm working on it. Um, and, and, and yeah, and speaking of the offensive line, you can continue. I just wanted to say you're segueing over to our offensive line. I love yeah. it. Let's talk about the offensive line because the offensive line is going to be one of the biggest changes that I think we see on offense in terms of effectiveness. So let's go from left to right and look at who who you got as starters and what you've got for depth. Because we both know, and we've said this, because we both love hog mollies, you have to have depth on both lines. You absolutely have to. You will not get through a season if you do without any of your offensive linemen getting injured. You're lucky. Right. You're really lucky. So left to right, as I see who I've penciled in as starters, of course, left tackle Deion Dawkins. McGovern will be the left guard. Our, our gentleman who has come from the Cowboys, mm-hmm. he, he's, I, as far as I'm concerned, he's set in stone at left guard. Morse, of course, for center. Torrance will be the, I believe, he'll come through camp. He'll end up getting the starting job at right guard. If by mm. some chance he's not ready, Bates can, yeah, Bates. Bates can, can step in there without a problem. But I wouldn't count Osiris Torrance out. And that guy has not didn't allow a sack in his college career. So I think there's a good chance that all 330 pounds of him is going to end up starting at right guard. But we'll see. And then Mm -hmm. Spencer Brown at right tackle. And you and I have talked about this before. Spencer Brown has gotten a bad rap. Didn't have the greatest season, but he's got to get off the injury list. 
before we yeah, his off season was horrible. Yeah. yeah. I mean, he was injured his off season. Didn't have had surgery actually, back surgery, and didn't have a great um training camp, and you know, and it showed. <clears throat> but I like the fact that you, I mean, I had everything you had except for um, McGovern. Um, yeah, I mean, yes, yes, no, you had Conagher, I had him too, but I actually had Bates in for instead of Osiris. Because I think it's a prove it, you know, this team likes competition. And I think that you're going to have to do something great in order for you to beat Bates out of that position. I think Osiris will, will, will do it. I just, for right now, I'm going to put Bates there because I think, um, unless you, you have to prove it, you know, that's, that's fair. The other thing, I have another question for you too. Why isn't it no one, they haven't, the past few years, I mean, who's who's behind Dion? You had Tim. Um, Tommy Doyle. Tommy Doyle. It's not really competition there. And I always feel competition, iron, iron strike, iron sharpens iron, right? And that's what they always say. Where's the competition for Dion? Dion knows that's that's his position. He knows that no one's going to come here and take that position. And I'm not saying he had a bad year. Numbers-wise, it fell off. Um, and people always say that Dion is so overrated until he's not there. Um, <laughs> I, I would love to see competition for that left guard or left tackle, my bad, for Dion. Because I think Dion is an awesome player. So, you know what I mean? He is an awesome player, awesome leader. Yes. And that can't yes. be, you know, that can't be under undervalued, especially on offensive line. But you, you bring up a good point. Let me ask you this. How much do you think Dawkins falling off in terms of numbers this past season might have had something to do with Roger Saffold. No, being... absolutely. I posed that question because I did a pod with um, Izzy, mm-hmm. and I posed that question to him, and he said, absolutely. That offensive line is like uh, it's a domino effect. They're all in sync together. Exactly. You know, if one is one is off, the other one is off. The other one is off. So it's like a domino effect. So Dion probably had one of his worst – statistical season last year because of maybe the guy next to him. And I, think it's I didn't even, I was, I was so excited about having Roger Saffold in this offensive line to where I was just static, static. He, he came in. I mean, the pro bowl doesn't mean anything now, I guess. Um, <laughs> you know, he's coming off a pro bowl season and he went to the pro bowl last year and we, as fans, as Bills fans, you're like, how did he make it? But you know how he made it. It is what it is. Um, so that means nothing now. You know, they didn't even look at Roger to come back again. That's so right, absolutely. So yeah, absolutely. I think the reason why maybe he had a down year is because of the person next to him. For sure. So if that holds water, and I agree completely in terms of the domino effect, go back 
last year, again, our guard situation was horrendous. Mm-hmm. And we had n- not very good depth. Well, we but, get I, I Bucker back, right? Yes, we do. And then there's Edwards, who we picked up in yep. free, David Edwards. Mm-hmm. And there's Broker, who we drafted. Oh, yeah. Those they had, he said he had a bad um camp, a rookie camp. So, yeah, yeah. So, he's a rookie for a reason. <laughs> rookie for a reason. Okay, one other question I have for you, or or maybe just something to chew on in terms of that right guard position. I agree with you, Torrance will have to earn it. He's mm-hmm. not going to walk in and, and get the starting job just handed to him. Not because yeah, I don't care what you did in college. No, you're right. You're absolutely right about that. But I'm also wondering about Bates because we do know that Joshua loves Bates. Right. I think you brought it up in one of our recent <clears throat> pods. Could Bates be training, if you will, for taking over for Mitch Morse. Mm-hmm. Right. Could, could he be in line to do that? And so maybe, and and this is something to think about too, because we talk about this, Morse is only one concussion away from being done. Right. So would it be wise if you have the depth? And I kind of think that hopefully the bills do this year that Bates focus on, on playing center, learning to play center and making that where he focuses most of his attention in terms of depth. Yes. Is there anyone else that can play center? Mans, um, M-A-N-C-Z. Oh yeah. Mans. I forgot. Yep. I got him up here too. Mans. Yeah. Right. Yeah. He's definitely like the last resort if you want to put, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yep. Exactly. However, I will say one thing. I would be surprised unless they really don't find that brokers going to have any potential. I would be very surprised if they allow him to be put on the practice squad. You can still hear the fire burning from Brandon Bean when the Philadelphia Eagles Yes. Jack Anderson. He was. Yes. (laughs) I like, I like Jack Anderson too. Yeah. 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 So they're not going to be drafting these guys just so that they can get poached. So my thinking is broker will probably end up on the 53 man roster just to avoid if, if he shows up in camp, if he shows Mm -hmm. up, he's got any potential at all. They're sensitive to that. And then one other thing to to go back to, just because I want to talk about it just for a moment and get your feedback. Tommy Doyle is a question mark in terms of we don't know what we've got with him. Mm-hmm. He's coming yeah. out ACL, correct? Yes, yes. Yep. Okay. So so that's an, you know, that whole thing has to work itself out too. But we don't know what we have in Tommy Doyle. So if he turns out to be somebody who could be a replacement someday down the road for Deion Dawkins, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. If Dawkins continues to struggle this year, even though let's say he's got a, you know, Connor McGovern is, is 
a pretty good left guard. He did a really okay. good job for for the Cowboys. So I'm pretty confident that that position is going to be secured. And if so, and Dion still falters a little, can he move to right tackle if Spencer Brown doesn't measure up? Mm. There's lots of different okay. lots of different ways to to look at this. But the one thing before we leave this topic of offensive linemen, this is the deepest group of offensive linemen I think I've seen the Bills have in a while. Yeah, because I, I wrote down um, the guys, um, left tackle, left guard, center, you know, all, all along the line. Mm -hmm. And as I see it, we only have two with Dion. Um, uh, left tackle, we have two guys. Left guard, we have one, two, three, four, five. Because I forgot about Kevin Jarvis. Yes. Um, they picked up him. Um, Mitch Morris, center, we have one, two. And add Bates in that because that's three. Mm -hmm. And then right guard, we got Osiris Bates and then Ike Bucker. And then right tackle, we have Davis and Quinsenberg. Quin I can never say his name. Mm -hmm. Um and don't you know who I'm David Edwards from the Rams as a guard. And David Edwards, I'm sorry. Yep, 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 yep. So he yep. can he can he can go in there too. But I look at this, yeah, this is a lot. It looks better to me on paper, which of course means nothing until we get to training camp, get eyeballs on these guys. But right. on paper, this group looks to me to be much deeper than our offensive lines have been over the last few years. I agree. Wow. I agree. I like that. All right. Well, that being said, and we, we've tackled the kind of running back room, the wide receiver, our, our, our tight ends. Um, all that being said, and all the pieces that we've discussed, and we can agree that one piece needs to improve to make this bike run, right? It's Ken Dorsey. The Buffalo Bills, we love the, you know, we were 50-50 or maybe, again, 60-40 on him leaving. Ken Dorsey, Josh Allen asked for him. Buffalo Bills asked for him before the season started. And so the season was going on. People wanted Ken Dorsey gone after the 10th game. <laughs> Play calling is basic. That's what they said. Um, we just talked about off air. McKenzie went on uh, Tyler Dunn's podcast and spoke about the offense and Ken Dorsey. And I don't know if he's bittersweet or what the case may be. He was not involved in this offense. He spoke about Dable's offense. He spoke about Ken Dorsey's offense and the difference between both of those offenses. And in Ken Dorsey, he was a decoy, he said. He wasn't really involved. And Dable's, he was, you can see that he was involved in Dable's offense. Mm -hmm. I don't know if they were trying to wean McKenzie out of the offense or whatever the case may be but he felt that he wasn't being used properly. You said you listened to the, um, the episode. What was your, what was your takeaways? Well, my takeaway 
mostly in terms of what Isaiah had to say, I understand for those of you that didn't catch Ty Dunn's podcast, it's definitely worth listening to mm -hmm. just to get an idea of what Isaiah McKenzie had to say. Isaiah in the past has always been quite forthright. Maybe Very candid. Yes, that, that, that's a better word. Very candid and open about his feelings. I, I didn't ever really feel like coming from him was BS. When right. he asked a question, I think he always tried to answer it as honestly as he could. And didn't want to step on no one's toes or make someone feel um, uncomfortable or put anybody underneath the bus. Mm -hmm. He didn't want to throw anybody underneath the bus. No, that's that that's correct. And he did a marvelous job of accepting responsibility when he would have a bad game. Absolutely. And we remember a couple of times him getting benched due to fumbles. And so when he asked the question, and this was again on the podcast, what does Deontay Hardy bring that I couldn't bring. Right. I don't know about Hardy's background in terms of fumbles or, or whatever. I don't know if it's any better or worse, but the bottom line is I do think that the bills lost some confidence in Isaiah because oh, yeah. of that. Mm -hmm. And I do think that they felt that they wanted an up to upgrade at the position. And you brought it up before the podcast started, because I think this is what ultimately is so difficult for players to deal with is the business side. Yep. The business side. Yep. And there always is a business side. Mm -hmm. And it's an, um, it's unfortunate. I would love to have Isaiah come back. Don't know if that would ever happen. And he said that too. He I said he would love to. Uh, yeah, he said he would love to come back. He said, I don't know if it's in the cards. He said, but I'm here now. So, um, yeah. And and wouldn't we love him? I mean, everybody loves Isaiah. A little dirty. Right. Yeah. Dirty. But I don't know. it's a business. And there, you know. As fans, we know we can just throw somebody to the side. And I get it. I, I get it. I mean, that that game that Isaiah had against the freaking New England Patriots, I was like, that's his breakout game. Like Josh Allen fed him the ball. And that was, you know, it wasn't Ken Dorsey. I mean, no, it wasn't Ken Dorsey's offense, but it definitely was. Uh, it was it was Dable's offense, but you see the potential in Isaiah. You know, and you just was like you were you you're 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 rooting for the face of the Bills, as he called himself. You were just rooting for him, and it just never. And he's also spoke about the fact that he understands it's a business. He said, but he also was playing for what he was playing for, and that's why I never believe in players taking discounts. I don't, I don't, because you're out here sacrificing your body, and at the end of the day. It's a business. Mm -hmm. And I'm not saying that he felt he, he sounded bitter. No. But he sounded like, um, man, 
what is this guy going to give you that I didn't give you? Or you didn't even give me the, you didn't even give me a chance to show you what I can do because I was a decoy. I wasn't involved, mm -hmm. you know? So it, uh, it was, it was just legit question. Man. Yeah. Yeah. Let me ask you one final question. Cause this I'm burning to ask you this. Yep. 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 Well, here it is. And <laughs> Dorsey, what, what changes do you expect to see in him this year compared to last? Good question. Um, for me, I know we are a uh, throw the air it out first. I understand that. I want to see a balanced offense. And when I say balance, and I don't mean for it to be run heavy. Mm -hmm. I don't, you know, a, 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 a 60, 40 would be a 70, 30 would be good for me. Throw the ball run. I want to see cook more involved. I want to see our running backs involved. And if, if that means passing, I'm fine with that. Um, I want to see what Shakir has. Mm -hmm. I know you brought in, I know you brought in um, Kincaid. I understand that, but I think Shakir is not being used and I know he was a rookie last year, and I have a problem with sometimes when when Sean McDermott doesn't trust his rookies. You you brought him into, you brought him in here, use them. I just think that was missing last year, and you've seen some some indications that Shakir can handle it, and then you just you was like, well, we're gonna make sure he gets it next year. It's just like he could have gave you a good. You missed an opportunity. I think. I just think so. So I just want to see this offense humming a little better, not struggling so much because everything was a struggle. It seemed to me. So, That's a good way to call it in terms yeah. of being a struggle an effort to be as productive as they were in the beginning part of the right. season, because it really went South for them yeah. after a while. But in the beginning of the season, they were you know, lighting it all up. Yeah, and uh, I and we get we understand too because you know we're probably going to get some feedback to where well you know not too many defenses knew what offense is running. We understand that first few games you don't know what what your offense is what offenses are going to run and the defense is trying to counter um, counter get um, and teams oh. will figure you out if you if you don't right. change it up teams will figure you out. Absolutely. What I thought Dayball was a master at being able to be unpredictable. I miss that so much. Yeah. And again, I think it's worthy to note that before we completely trash Ken Dorsey, right. to, to remember that we don't know how many times Josh Allen changed the plays at the line of scrimmage. And I suspect he did it a fair amount because of right. something that he would see on the field or, or whatever. But I hope that Josh becomes more patient and is more in charge of running a consistently productive offense instead of waiting for the home run ball, you know, just. I, and I think for you and I, and I, I mean, Bill's mafia in particular, um, 
we we can see when Josh goes to, through his progressions. We see it, mm-hmm. right? And we also see when Josh just does not and he takes off. And we also see when Josh rolls into trouble. <laughs> so we've seen like our offensive line just trash where Josh is like, I just got to get out of here. <laughs> but we also, you know, we've also seen Josh roll into a sack. But, you know, and it's just, it's like, we just, I guess for us, we just want to see some consistency when it comes to Josh, you know, and hopefully yeah. we'll get it this year, you know, because we have a line now. We can say we have a line now. Yes. And we have two tight ends. Right. That should right. be very good. And we and have a running back room that should be good too. Exactly. I don't see any excuse for this offense to underperform this year. I don't. I'll, well, I'll, I'll but be also too right here when we when we right. get camp reports back and people like Dean Kindig can reassure me that the hog mollies up front <laughs> are doing what they're supposed to be doing. They, right, right. That, right. That, that will make things infinitely better. I just seen before I came on here um, that our grade for the draft was a C plus. And I'm just like, how can you grade the draft right now? Who said that? I don't, I was, I was on my, inter, on my um, networks um, direct messaging and, um, and I seen that and I'm just like, are we grading already? Because I can't even grade this class yet. You, you're not supposed to, first of all, for three years. You've got to give right. draft three years before you could really evaluate it effectively. But I can't grade Elam yet. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. But a C plus? Come on. Yeah. I, well, that's great. Another I, thing that they're pissed off about. That's no, great. That's fine. PFF thought it was an A plus. So again, <laughs> it just depends on which, you know, which website that, that you subscribe to. They all have you can a- go anywhere to to um you can go to any place to make whatever your opinion make it feel make you feel good. You can go anywhere exactly. to back your opinion up. So you know it's whatever. It's whatever. whatever. <laughs> yeah. Whatever. Uh, yeah. So um we are done. This was wow, we covered everything on the notes and uh we did it in a timely fashion. Who cares? Timely fashion is great. We always say we're going to go to 30 and we go over because we just love to talk. Yes, we love it. We love it. But thank you again, ma'am. Miss, love you. I love you. I love you. Thank you. Always. You so much fun. Giving me- yes, for sure. For sure. So this is Tea Time with Robin. Like episode 24. Wow, we're moving. I love it. I love it. I love it. Next week. Yes. Yes. I don't even know what we're going to talk about it, but I got some plans. I got some plans. I bet you we'll figure something out. <laughs> yeah, we will. Oh, we got we got plenty to talk about. Plenty to talk about. But thank you guys for listening. And always, it's Go Bills. Go Bills. Peace out, y'all. Go Bills. You have been listening to Tea Time with Robin. Go Bills.